but I just don't see why I should have to go and sit in one spot that someone has pre-selected and that is where I will be creative. Hello, hustlers. Welcome to that Freelance Life podcast, the show where we discuss the how-tos, the ins and outs, and highs and lows of creative freelance life in London. I'm Brittany Beebe. And I'm Harris Stockwell. And we're creative freelancers here to guide you. Please note, we do recommend you try this at home. Welcome back to that Freelance Live podcast. Today, we are talking about that remote work life that's become also a lovely word that everyone is using. And I'm all for it, really. Absolutely. It's my dream to drink mojitos on a beach in Bali while basking in that sunshine and maybe checking my emails. Yeah. (laughs) Whether it ever happens like that is totally different. (laughs) People may think that that's how you're doing it, but let me tell you, We did the remote life. I spent 18 months over the pandemic in Cape Town while Brittany slugged it here in London. And yeah, I I guess I started every morning actually technically in that kind of way, living my best life, climbing the mountain, jumping in the ocean. But from 10 o'clock onwards, it was behind a desk on an eight-hour Google Hangout continuous call with Brittany. And we were chugging out probably... Some of our best work, actually. Absolutely. I think what's interesting about being remote and working remotely is that people forget that, you know, you are still chained to your computer. You have to keep your laptop like around you. You still have to attend meetings. So there's very much still a like a side of professionalism and accountability that's required from you. But you just get to do it from another country. There's the pros. Obviously, you can maybe have a mojito on a beach and check your emails if you wanted to. It also means being more flexible, earning your time and working from anywhere. So you could be home with your family in Cape Town as I did. Um, Brittany's about to go do the same thing now and we're swapping roles. Also means in your spare time. So outside of working hours or on weekends, you can explore new spaces and places. Which is amazing. But there's also cons. And as Britt mentioned you are still bound to your laptop if that is a thing. Digital nomads have to work from something. Absolutely. There's also the time difference to consider, making sure that, you know, that's going to work for you and going to work for your clients, that you're not up at midnight. We heard a wild story recently about someone who had to be on a shoot uh, from location in a completely different time zone. So she was online at 3 a.m. overseeing shoots and things like that, which is wild. And another story I've heard of literally working the whole of the night so then sleeping in the day and it's like well then what's the point in even being in the place you're in if you can't even experience it ever (laughs) really yeah so just you know pros and cons for everything but it can really be beneficial I spent some time in Croatia when I made my way back to um, London after the pandemic for two weeks and that was joyous to be by the sea we were definitely still working quite intensely But I also had this really sweet, sweet lady that I was renting an Airbnb from and she used to bring me green figs every day. It was like... Oh, is that what she brought you? (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) That's so kind of her. Brittany's insinuating the fact that I did also find a little Croatian lover. (laughs) (laughs) So the figs weren't your favorite part of your holiday. (laughs) It's not the podcast for it. (laughs) after two years of pandemic uncertainty and all of us technically you know working remotely we wanted to know what it's like to fully embrace it and make it you know the official way of working 
So co-founder and creative partner at Look Mom No Agency, Jenna Smith has done exactly that. After working permanently for big agencies like Ogilvy and Publicis from Cape Town to Milan, Jenna found herself in Portugal starting a remote agency with her creative business partner, Miguel. A highly awarded copywriter with a Kang Grand Prix in her back pocket, I might add, Jenna has taken to remote life like a fish to water. Coming to you from Cape Town, South Africa, Jenna Smith. Welcome, Jen, to the podcast. This is so awesome to have you. Three South Africans on one episode. This is great. <laughs> yeah, welcome, Jen. Where are you talking to us from? I'm currently calling in from Cape Town, South Africa. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> are you there for work or are you holidaying? No, well, neither really. I'm here because I can be. I am working, but I'm also having some fun in the sun. That's a spirit. <laughs> That's a spirit. Um, I want to wish you kick off this chat. Uh, it's so good to have you with us. And uh, while well, we are in the freezing cold London with a little bit of snow yesterday and you're sun shining and sorry we had to ask you to turn your fan off. <laughs> but, <laughs> Give us a little background about your journey as a creative. Well, okay. Stop me if I if I sort of ramble on too much because <laughs> I do love a little chit chat. But yeah, I mean, I started off ages ago. I, I studied in Cape Town at Red and Yellow, and then decided I didn't want to really be in advertising because they didn't pay enough. <laughs> I, I was like, I can't That's too good. That. <laughs> so I went and did some other stuff until I finally got an offer that I thought was actually worthwhile and that I could live off of up in Joburg at Island Davenport. So I packed my bags and I moved to Josie and it was wonderful. It was so great. Such a family environment. They kind of ruined me for the rest of advertising, to be honest, because they were just so, so wonderful to work with. Even though we worked our asses off, it was brilliant working there. So Yep, I enjoyed a good couple of years up in Joburg. And then I got offered a job uh, back down in Cape Town. So I moved back down to King James and then decided I needed something a little different. So I moved myself once again across to Ogilvy, which was a fantastic career move. I mean, they really sort of, things were going well, but they really sort of kick-started a lot of things, like the Grand Prix and all that, which then... Took me on a whole nother journey, obviously with, with that award, got a lot of people knocking on the door and inviting me over to their fine countries. And I thought that Milan sounded ever so romantic. So off I scooted to Milan. I mean, what's better than like pizza, cheese, pasta, gelato? It sounds like the one. I have the answer. Sunshine. Oh yeah. (laughs) Friendly people. There's a couple. (laughs) So anyway, did that. Endured a pandemic like the lockdown in Milan, worked harder than I've ever worked in my whole life. It really just wasn't for me what I was doing there. And um, yeah, then the next thing you know, Miguel, my business partner, decided to stalk me, basically. Um, I think on like the awards website, DNA or something like that. And he then phoned a friend back home and was like, do you know this Jen Smith girl? <laughs> and of course, then it was Saf, who's one of my best friends. And so Saf then burst out laughing and was like, well, yeah, it's like my best friend. So yeah, I know her. She's pretty cool. But can she write? I believe. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. Classic. You didn't win a Grand Prix for nothing. I know. What a bastard. <laughs> anyway, he obviously decided that I could write because we then decided that we we're going to partner up and find ourselves a new job. 
we started chatting to people and the offers were coming in, but we just thought like, oh no, that place is too cold. That place is too far away. Oh, I don't know. And then one day we were just having a chat and I was in gray old cold Milan and Miguel happened to be in Portugal with the blue skies and wearing shorts and t-shirt while I was under like 17 layers of clothing. And I was just like, why can't we move yeah. here? And he was like, no, you can't. There's, there's no agencies here for us. There's no like jobs worthwhile here for us. And I jokingly kind of said, well, then we'll just start our own. And ha, 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 ha. Like an hour later, I messaged him. I was like, dude, I know we were joking, but this sounds fantastic. Why can we not do this? And his response to that was, oh, my God, I've been thinking about it ever since we chatted. I'm like a kid on Christmas Eve. Like, what? And so it went. And the next thing you know, I was uh, packing my bags and heading off to Lisbon, where I'd never, ever been before. But, you know, if not, if not, why not? That's amazing. <laughs> And yeah. that's where you are now, right? That's where you are. Well, that's what you're calling home. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, I mean, home will always be at home, but um, that's where I'm currently based and absolutely loving it. Yeah. Amazing. Happy as can be. So do you feel, I mean, obviously you've started off with your first job moving to Joburg. So it almost feels like you started your career by moving. So do you feel like that was like a, a sort of choice that you made or do you feel like you kind of just fell into moving around and being remote? And then the rest of your career kind of flowed from there. So it felt natural to you. I think it's just who I am. I think I get bored quite easily. I think I, I really like challenges. I, I like seeing different places and meeting different people. And I, yeah, I mean, that's one of my things. I don't, I don't feel very lonely because I am annoyingly social. So within moments of landing anywhere new, I have a ridiculous number of friends and amazing people around me. I'm very lucky in that I could, I've actually managed to find great humans here, there and everywhere. So I think it's just who I am. And I think that this, this move in particular has really allowed me to explore that a little more, always starting to, should I say, I mean, it's fairly recent, but yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. And I mean, Portugal, you've never been, you've never even been before. You just saw him wearing some t-shirt no. and thought, yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. Uh -huh. That's a piece of me. <laughs> How has how has Portugal, that's pretty much the gist of it. How has Portugal lived up for you as your new remote working life? Again, my expectations were pretty much zero, considering I'd never been there. But uh, you know, the sun it does shine. The people they are friendly, and there's loads to do. It's an amazing city. Everyone's so warm and welcoming, and I think that also. It's a far cry from how I personally experienced Milan, for example, and it reminds me a bit more of how people are back home here in South Africa. It's just there's a level of, of warmth and friendliness to people that I think I was missing, and so I'm very happy to have that back. Yeah, I love that. There's like sunshine yeah. and sunshiny people. <laughs> I know. It's so lovely. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you had mentioned that your business partner – and you decided to start your own agency. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about that and also kind of like what your general day would consist of? Yeah, I mean, we're still kind of, Mig always likes to say that we are building the plane as we are flying it. So we still don't really know what we're doing, but it's going fabulously, so we cannot complain. Every day is is pretty different. I mean, it sort of starts off relatively samesy-samesy because I, I wake up and I, I go and I do my exercise or whatever it is and I have my cup of coffee and then sometimes I work from home and sometimes we go off to a coffee shop or to a breakfast spot or 
I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of different. And we also tend to take on um, shorter contracts and shorter projects because we really like the excitement of changing things up um, all the time. So, and every client is different. And some people want to meet first thing in the morning and check in and that's cool. But also lovely when you don't, like when you only sort of have a weekly check-in or whatever as well. Because again, then you, you're free to really kind of manage your own time. And if you're not really feeling in the vibe, then you just take a little break and you go for a little walk and maybe you put a load of washing on. I don't know. And then, uh, you know, get back to it when you're, I don't know, the fresh scent of washing fills the air and you're feeling very inspired. I love that. When you say that your contracts are kind of short, how long would you say your average kind of contract is? Maybe every, anything from like a week to a month. Uh, I mean, we go back to places frequently, but we just don't necessarily take on three, four months since you get sucked back into the politics yeah. and, you know, your brain starts going a, a bit dead on these things. I think what we've really been loving is the fact that, you know, one week we're working on chocolate and the next one it's on baby food and the next it's the, the alcohol and then it's a sport thing. Every project is so different and the people that you get to work with every time are so different and it's you know, variety is the spice of life. And 100%. That. We couldn't agree more. Uh, mm. do you t- well, on that note, do you take on multiple clients at a time? Sometimes it really depends on the project. Some projects, it's it's just not playable to have more than one at um, you know at the same time. Other other projects and other clients are actually they prefer for you to to have a little bit of space to breathe. You know, even if they are taking you on for let's say it's five days they don't want you to work that five days monday to friday and that's that they prefer for you to have a little bit more time to let it sink in work when you're actually feeling like inspired to work or motivated to work and then you know but it's really different if you're working for an agency for example chances are that they they want you and they want you like full time and that's kind of that every now and again we've got some some people that you know, request us, we're busy. Uh, they then beg and plead and we maybe bring on an extra team to help out, you know, with, you know, saying we can't actually be 100% at your disposal, but we can bring in a team that we think is right and we can help oversee them. So we started things off like that. But as we move along, we're trying to move more and more into having our own clients, like direct clients, so that we can sort of play around a little bit more, have a bit of flexibility and yeah, just own our time. Yeah, a bit more. exactly. Would that, would that, would that be direct to brand instead of agency? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And how have you actually exactly. managed your clients in different countries? Cause I, I mean, you're in Lisbon. I'm, I don't think they were all in Lisbon. So where are they based and no. how do you manage all those time zones? It's tricky for a blonde, let me tell you. It's like a lot of math involved, but it's really not so bad. None of our clients are actually based in Lisbon itself, Um, but Lisbon is same time zone as London. A lot of our clients are in London, so that's very straightforward. And then uh, the rest of our clients are predominantly scattered around Europe. Um, Every now and again, there's one in the States. But yeah, it's really not so bad. I mean, a lot of people, even the agencies are fairly sort of open to working on our timetable and like our schedule, our time zone. And when they're not or when they can't, it's fine. Like we just, we're pretty flexible like that. I mean, 
our original thing was if they if people want us to we will work on their time zone we don't mind that at all it's just basically setting up the ground rules up front and just taking it from there yeah 100 percent. otherwise you might have seen yourself working 24 hours no that would be horrendous didn't get into this freelance <laughs> game for that uh-uh. do you feel then like clients have been pretty open to you working remotely so do you th- you haven't lost any contracts or come up against any kind of negative sentiment no no not at all in fact the opposite i think look we did start during all the lockdown pandemic sort of mania so i think we started at a great time because that was the norm the norm was not going into an office absolutely not so for us we would like to keep it that way 100 percent. we don't want we don't really want to be going into offices and being sort of restricted by you have to be in this place at this time and you have to be there for this amount of hours and people watching over you to make sure that you're not drinking too much coffee and taking too much time out. Uh, you know, we don't we don't really want that at all. So hopefully everyone stays cool with it. That being said, I mean, we have been some clients that have inquired about it and we don't mind doing it for, you know, if there is a key meeting or something very specific. I mean, we were actually also approached at one stage to come and uh, sort of mentor a team or teams, should I say. So then, you know, maybe they, they obviously then would, it would be better for us to be there, but it will cost them more. So it's up to them. <laughs> <laughs> Time is money. <laughs> so in general, your barriers haven't been too high or too low. Uh, I guess like you know, saying you've started this in the perfect time when freelance became the way freelance acts working from home became the normal and it's almost like the rest of the world caught up finally. Yeah. I mean, it's, was, I don't know if it was genius or just luck, but I think it's, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I love that. What happens when it comes down to shoots and someone needs to be there in person? Would you then fly into a different country? Would you oversee from like oversee remotely? At the moment, we've only had to do uh, remote sort of uh, shoots, and that's fine. But again, we've we're open to it. We don't. I am not uh, scared of a little extra travel. It really doesn't bother me at all. I'm always up to go and shoot something, and I love being at shoots. I love making sure that everything is going exactly the way that I said in my mind. Miguel's exactly the same. Uh, we're a little bit control freaky. So yeah, it will be great. It's great to be there, but if we can't, we can't. And if they really want us to, again, I mean, all they need is to send a plane. <laughs> yeah, no, that was going to be my question: is uh, how do you put? How do you pull it? I'm, we're always trying to find ways to do shoots in South Africa and get companies to pay us to just go there. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent, first class, honey. First class. Yeah, I've only flown first class once on a client bill, and that was to South America. So one of the best first class class because it's the longest flight. That's incredible. The best I ever got was premium economy. <laughs> Teach me your way, girl. You, you're in the right hemisphere now, being in the European side. Mm. That's where they got the bucks to send you first class. 
<laughs> and um, so how have your um, hours changed? I mean, you were talking about the different time zones and, you know, managing when you're going to have meetings with people and you have maybe some clients in the States. So how has that changed for your hours, you know, in agency life? It's at nine to five, more like seven till 2 a.m. But do you find you're more flexible and you're able to have those breaks? Definitely. I mean, the thing for us is our hours have changed incredibly in that I never left an agency at five. I never took a lunch break unless it was like for a very serious doctor appointment that I should have probably had three months prior. Uh, um, you know, like I, it's, it was intense. And now, now it's very much a part of who we are and how we operate is we work damn hard. We work damn hard from like nine until like five, six o'clock. And then we are done. You know, we don't often take lunch. We we want to take lunch breaks more, but we, but we often get too stuck into things or whatever. But it's hugely important actually to take time out for yourself and to find that work-life balance. I think that it makes you a better human and I think it makes you a better creative. I just operate better. I think more clearly you just bet your decision-making abilities are just far superior. So you know, whether it's technically nine to five or, you know, or nine to five in a different time zone or whatever it is, we do try as, as much as humanly possible to stick to that because we find that we just come back the next day, like ready for it. You know what I mean? Like you can just really get stuck in and you don't get that sort of fatigue of whatever brand or project it is you're working on. It's just absolutely know, it's been a massive change for us and a, and a great one. I think Harriet and I are also trying to do the same thing at the moment. Um, it's really difficult to detach yourself from that work though, isn't it? Because I think it comes with having this drive to prove yourself and you're like, I'm not going to mm. stop until I feel like I've really cracked it and done this idea justice and turned it over 15 times and <laughs> inside out. <laughs> It's a cycle though. It's a cycle because you're not necessarily working at your best because you put in all those extra hours and then you get back there the next day and then you've got to kind of keep doing it. But if you're going in and it's fresh and like with some confidence about it, then I just think you get to that point quicker where you look at, you know, I think there's normally a point where you look at it and you're like, yes, yeah. that. And I just think that we do get there faster when we're well rested. Um, and have something else happening in our lives outside of work that makes us feel just like better people. And we're also being inspired by different things, hearing different stories, finding out about different series, weird memes, whatever it is. Culture. Yeah, culture. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> every every brief, like, we need to tap into culture. I don't know if where I keep the culture in this apartment. Maybe it's in like the in, in the junk drawer at the back, yeah. <laughs> every time. But, yeah, I think that was one of our, our uh, things I wanted to actually ask was about the better ideas. You, you know, working this remote life, having found this now balance is sounding like you're coming out, you're having more of a free mind space. You're not as you say, kind of hung over your shoulder being watched and, you know, work, 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 work in the agency, normal life, because they own you when you're permanent. Um, but having the space mm. to breathe and let an idea sit and sounds like come up with some better or maybe just more interesting or different or maybe things you wouldn't have yeah. seen before. There's certainly, I would say, I mean, I, I'd like to think that there's some like really good thinking in there. 
But there's certainly a lot less shitty things along the way, if that makes sense. Like, you know, when you, there's so much pressure on you and you're working at like two o'clock in the morning to crack the next like can Grand Prix idea, it's not going to happen. You're going to sit there and you're going to write down a pile of crap that's really going to make you feel quite embarrassed about yourself in the morning when you reread it. And I just like, there's, a, there's less of that because I just kind of, our whole approach now is, we do something, we do something that we believe in. I don't need to give someone 20 ideas. I don't need to. It's, it's daft. I, I, if I give you five great ideas, that's, that's worth so much more. So that's, it's just a whole shift of our mindset of, you know, we want to do work that we're proud of. We want to put our best foot forward. And that doesn't mean putting 20 random ideas in front of a person after only getting 12 hours to work on a brief. Like we just don't, I think, when you're outside of the agency and they don't own you, as you say, there's less pressure to be like, oh my God, look what I did like in the last 12 hours. It's just like, no, you brought me in to do a job. I'm going to do that job. I'm going to do it well and with in like my time. <laughs> you know, I just, it's, I want it to be a win-win. I Obviously, I always want the clients to to feel like they made the best decision hiring us. Um, you know, I want them to have happy clients themselves. Um, but we also really do want to enjoy the process because that makes the world of a difference. Yeah. I think it's all about changing your relationship with your work. Couldn't agree more. Do you think that working remotely is going to be something that we see long term for freelancers? Do, or do you think that agencies and brands are going to want us or maybe not brands, but agencies will want us back in offices soon? I can only hope that we don't have to do that because that I don't think will ever be my business model ever i don't i don't i don't mind doing it on the odd occasion for specific reasons for valid reasons should i say but i just don't see why i should have to go and sit in one spot that someone has pre-selected and that is where i will be creative yeah. that's not at all how i envisage my future yeah, in this very square block <laughs> who knows this is a very square block you will get all your best ideas and nowhere else in the in the whole entire world <laughs> nowhere else no <laughs> exactly and 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 going this remote life uh going with um your agency with Miguel and working the way you do how has it impacted your career growth or potentially I guess your goals of your career may have shifted well that's the thing I think we've uh, it, it's it's changed entirely I suppose I don't I don't want to be an ECD, a stressed out ECD on the verge of being, I don't know, popped into a padded cell. Yeah. Um, I don't want to, like of some big corporate thing, I don't want to be that. And I've got a huge amount of respect for people who can do it. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think that that can be me. I, I think I get stressed too easily. Like that kind, that level of stress is just, it's not a lifestyle that, that I want. I think through this whole process, well, actually what caused, I suppose, the whole, the whole shift was me realizing that I didn't want the things that I currently had. I wanted something different for myself. I wanted my life to be more about the things that made me happy and work is part of that. But if it's all of it, I'm an unhappy human. So nobody wants that. No. So I just needed to make some changes and make and just kind of carve out a, a life that made me happier. And, and this is it. That's power. For now. And that's power. <laughs> I mean, Brittany and I always talk about where do we want to 
you know, where do we want to take this? And we have always said, we don't really want to be those stressed out ECDs. Like a title doesn't mean happiness and well-being. It just means more management and more people to answer to and more stress. And you start making the work and you'd find the difference between a really good leader is someone who's ready to do that, to ready to manage and lead and uh, help you carve ideas. People who aren't ready for that micromanage you and they try and get their ideas into your deck. And it's frustrating. Very, very frustrating. No, don't want that either. It's really interesting <laughs> though, because you know, you would always, I think we'd always imagined ourselves wanting to work to that creative director or ECD level. And then we were actually kind of surprised that we didn't want that when we actually took into account um, and kind of like, went like, what do we want? What do we want? Where do we want to be? We were kind of surprised with our, our own realization that what we thought we wanted, we didn't, if that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> no, it totally makes sense. For me, some, for some reason, I, I'm, never wanted that I don't know what's wrong with me but I never really wanted that but then again I'm also not a person like if you ask me if I'm going to be doing exactly this in one year I can't I don't have the answer I certainly don't have a five-year plan so the thought of entering into advertising and thinking yeah I'm going to be that's what I want to do one day aside from the fact that it looks horribly stressful I just I don't know. It, it never was. I never really thought like, yeah, one day I'm going to be the ECG of the big ass network, and everyone's gonna know who I am. I just wasn't. I don't know why. I just wasn't that person. <laughs> I'm like the worst advertising person ever. Actually, I'm the person. I don't, I don't think you. I don't think you are. Maybe it's a woman thing. Maybe it's all the men with their egos that are <laughs> trying to get to the top, and we're just like, nah. We're kind of happy in this, like making work and carving a path for ourselves, kind of vibe. And not being responsible for anyone else's stuff. Yeah, and also not having to witness all the pissing contests that happen at the, happen at the yeah. top, you know? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Honestly. Um, another question that we had about remote life. When you're in mm. a different space, when you're city, do you get involved in creative communities there? Do you reach out to groups or, you know, chat with friends of friends to try and make contacts and network again i am like the worst person for this like no is the is the simple answer because of just how life goes i suppose like i, I know a lot of advertising people everywhere that i go and then a lot of friends of friends happen to be advertising but i i, I definitely don't seek out advertising people like as a general rule of life it's actually also very nice to meet people who do other things <laughs> like save lives and yeah exactly and how many things you can learn from them <laughs> i remember when i was a really young creative and i idolized jessica walsh uh, in new york and i thought she was the real and end all and she had said uh when you are looking for inspiration don't look in the world of design and advertising read psychology books and meets different people go just sit at the cafe even and watch the world go by and do everything but the actual category and industry you're trying to do a hundred percent i can't tell you there's certain friends of mine that have got absolutely nothing to do with advertising but the amount that i actually call them and ask them things that are related to work i never do that with my advertising yeah. friends i'll phone somebody who has got like they i don't know they love TikTok and like are forever like, you know, doing their thing and making their videos. 
I think that's more real to, to kind of anywhere, even if it's work-related, to, to get that sort of information from someone that's not advertising. Totally. And I also just think in life, you go out and you and you find great people, find the best people you can possibly find, and it really doesn't matter what they do and what industry they're in, just stick with those people. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I even used a first date as a little bit of a research for a Coca-Cola brief while working. <laughs> he was, a, he was nice. a Brazilian and I was like, oh, Brazilians love football. Let's have a chat. <laughs> and I just rigged him for research. But, you know, you can find inspiration anyway. That's hysterical. I'm going to have to download uh, Tinder or whatever again and, you know, start doing some market research. <laughs> oh. Free, free research. Yeah, research. <laughs> you might brilliant. just get a dinner thrown in. <laughs> That's the life, eh? Goals, life yeah. goals. <laughs> this is like... A new level of Tinder swindler. Oh my God. (laughs) Let's hit some pros and cons. I agree. I agree. So Jen, what are the best things about working from anywhere? I can do my washing while working. (laughs) I'm joking. That, That is actually quite cool. It's just the freedom. I think the absolute best thing about all of this is getting control back over my own time. Uh, you know, when, when Meg and I are feeling tired or we feeling stressed out, whatever, we talk to each other and we go, okay, we're going to take a week off. Or you know what? Let's not take that job because we're not actually feeling up to it. We don't think that we're going to be able to produce work at a certain level, which is what they deserve. So we're not going to take that job right now. We need a little bit of break first. It's, it's all of that stuff. It's being able to say, I'm really sorry. But no, I can't attend that meeting at 6, 7 p.m. Uh, because I finish at, at 5 and I've actually got a dinner and no one can get super mad at me because, you uh, know, yeah. <laughs> it's the freedom and being in control of my own time again, which for years I didn't feel that I was. Yeah, it's uh, those are uh, the top two of why when most people try and ask Brittany and I to go permanent, those are our top two reasons. And we're like, can you offer us that? Excellent reasons. Excellent. Um, And also to be able to name your price. Uh, You're not waiting for someone to offer you a raise because you've done really good work. You base your own value, what you consider your worth. Not for the promise of moving up and for that that next piece of metal at the next award show. Because you can't eat that and you can't pay bills with it either. (laughs) <laughs> no true words that should be put on a t-shirt sold that's going to be a quote <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and okay well on the flip side what is potentially the cons what, what are some of the like down downfalls of the remote work life um i'm waiting for them to kick in uh oh okay i've got a couple in fact it would be the fact that you don't have this network of humans to just reach out to, but specifically like on the HR side, really, if I'm being honest, you know, there's not just people you can be like, oh my God, this isn't working. I need someone to sort this out. And then you're like, oh no, that someone is me. <laughs> I'm like, oh damn. I know. You're like, I am the creative, the accountant, the HR, the PR, everything. PM. Everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily, we have actually employed someone who is the magnificent and marvelous Magda, who takes care of all of our admin now, because that was kind of falling a lot on me, and it was just too much. You can't, you can't run all the admin side of things and be it like a, the sort of creative that I want to be anyway. So we've got the marvelous Magda taking care of that. 
um, which has been a huge work. And what admin does she cover? She does all of the finances. She does like she does the, like the, all the invoicing. She does. She basically just does everything that isn't creative now. It's very flexible. I mean, when we hired her, we even said, you know, I'm not entirely sure what your job is exactly. And you can basically pick a title because I'm not sure what it is exactly that you're going to be doing. And she's like, that sounds great. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah. Works out for the we, best. We need a Magda. Everyone needs a Magda. <laughs> so uh, what is one thing that you miss about being in an office, being face to face with people? I guess that would probably be it if I had to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, face-to-face with people is cool, but it's also, I don't feel like all isolated or anything like that, to be honest with you. I mean, I still talk to people all day, every yep. day. And then I actually have a real social life in the evening where I get like real FaceTime with actual humans that, are, you know, that you love, that I really love. So, um, that's, but I do miss it. I, I miss the random interaction that you sometimes get with people in an office and even things like, you know, the after work drinks and things that just the mm. impromptu, whatever it might be. Um, I miss that, but not enough to go back to it. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, fair. I think we could agree with you on that one as mm. well. Uh, miss the social aspect, but if that's about it, I think I'd get my fix after hours anyway. Oh, yeah. And your and your passport? Do you have the ticket to the world? Does it harbor uh, halt any barriers to movement, or are you pretty all, all right with obviously being in Milan and now Portugal? And well, uh, bloody Brexit trashed my ticket to the world. Thank True. you very much. So uh, I mean, it was it was easy enough not so long ago. Hence, that I could just hop, skip, jump over to Milan, wherever it is I wanted to go. But yeah, now it's been slightly trickier. I had to actually get a visa to, to stay in Portugal now because I missed the cutoff by quite a few months. Oh. My revelation came a spot too late. I know. But it's fine. It was actually, it, it was cool. It's been sorted. Um, I've got, now that I've got my, my visa for Portugal, yeah, together with that and the British passport, I'm, I'm fine. I can, I can quite literally just go wherever, which is very fortunate indeed amazing and is it a working visa that you've got and is there a sort of time restriction on it it's a it's a specialist visa they decided i was special which is fabulous my mom couldn't agree more it's officially in your passport you are special (laughs) fish so yeah there's i think it's a two it's a two-year visa but then you just all you have to do is basically just register for an extension for the next two years and then and then if you after that you can you can apply for residency oh, so wow. winning if i'm still around and kicking maybe i'll do that i don't know <laughs> but we're all good for now brilliant i love that so let's talk finances so how mm. do you get paid and if you don't mind us asking how do you run payment for projects do you quote a price per project and charge a fee for that or do you take do you take a day rate how do you guys run things? Oh, I thought we were going to have to get Magda on the line to answer some of these questions, but I think we could. <laughs> so our rate changes all the time. It changes based off of uh, which market we're working for. Um, you know, you can't ch- charge the same to maybe uh, like someone in Spain as you can to Germany as you can to the States. So it, it's always changing. And people are always asking you to do, you know, 
cut them a special deal or whatever that might be, but it changes all of the time. And we, because we registered as a, as a business, Lukwam is uh, registered as a business, uh, you know, there's a proper invoicing system that everything has to go through and a bunch of paperwork that needs to be done every time we get paid so that there's not double taxation. But once you've set up that system, it's relatively easy or not, it's simple, should we say. Getting there was a bit of a like, whoa, what's going on? Because I'm not, I'm not admin, whatever inclined. But yeah, once you sort of wrap your head around everything that needs to be done, uh you yeah it, it's kind so of so your okay. is your business just become is warm. your business set up in in lisbon or you set up in South Africa? yeah in yeah. lisbon and so you run your bank accounts yeah and you get paid in euros into that account no matter where your agencies are yeah i mean some people i mean they can pay in whatever currency they want i mean we've been paid in dollars we frequently get paid in pounds but it comes through as of course <laughs> dollars at the i mean euros at the end of the day so yeah. When and when you quote them and you say, okay, we're charging this much for a day rate, just say, would you say pounds to like? So would you would you quote basically for the currency of the company that you're working yeah. with? Okay. Yeah. Makes yes. sense. Cool. Makes sense. Definitely. It does. A lot of people ask us even with remote working, and we get a lot of, uh, you know, it's where do you get paid? Where do you set up the business? Where, where, where? And I guess it's where you are the most. It honestly doesn't even have to be that. Like we, we may even move our business. We're just trying to see what makes the most sense tax wise. And different countries have got different rules. Like some, some countries you can't necessarily run a business from there without being there at least for a certain amount of time in the year. Uh, Portugal is pretty chilled like that. Um, there's just a lot of bureaucracy around setting up the company, around, you know, having to pay um, social security for anyone that's employed. There's a there's a lot there's just a lot of paperwork, no matter where you yeah. are, I suppose. And I suppose also depending on where you are is if you operate as a freelancer or if you start up a business. So would you say you guys are almost like well, Brittany and I, for instance, are a limited company. So we're not sole traders mm. in that aspect in the UK sense of like individuals. We have set up a business and we're only allowed to draw out a certain amount of that business before you reach higher tax points and things like that. So your double taxation thing was, is that around being South African as well? No. So double taxation is literally just that if I work for Spain, uh, if they don't tax me in Spain, I need to prove that I'm going to be paying the pack, the, the, the tax in Got Portugal. You. So it's, it's, it's only around that. And there, I mean, our, the, the business itself is fairly simple. If you, if you take money out, you get yeah. taxed on it. It's as simple as that. Like, and it doesn't matter how much we take out, don't take out, whatever. It's, it's a nightmare. If you want to take money out of the business, you screwed. So you basically then, I mean, everything that's, um, you know, there's obviously some things that you can expense, which is fine. But uh, yeah, getting the money out, uh, that's there's a trick I'd like to learn. <gasps> Trust us, we are literally like just been mm. grilling accountants for the last couple of days doing the very same thing. Wanting to um, take that big massive step of buying a house and now all that money sitting in the business, how do you get it out? In a efficient, efficient way. I'm basically tied to Miguel for the rest of my life. I fear that this might be it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a career marriage. I love it. I know. I know. Bless. At least he's lovely. 
just on that, do you mm-hmm. then do you then pay yourself salaries like the same salary every month uh, in terms of that sense? Yeah, we have. So we have to draw a salary. It's like a mandatory thing. Uh, we currently take out like a minimum wage um, so that we don't get taxed on it. And yeah, so we that's how we operate at the moment. We, as we say, the sort of still building the plane while you're flying it. So we're trying to figure out a way that's maybe slightly better. So I don't have to only ever buy property with Miguel or, you know, a car with Miguel or, uh, God forbid, like holidays with Miguel. (laughs) There's something, so it needs to be just changed. 100%. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) When it comes to remote desk life, so where do you actually mm. work from? Do you work from home? Do you guys have an office that you go to? Um, where do you do all the work? Head office is my apartment. Yeah, um, Miguel comes to you. <laughs> Literally, that's our, our company is registered. We registered my apartment as head office. So it is, I mean, I most of the time, to be honest, like I work from my apartment and Meg works just, he's just down the road from me, but he works from his and we just kind of communicate as and when we need. Most days we probably are, on like a WhatsApp call or now Slack, like the whole day, even if we don't talk for two hours, like we're both uh, we're the same. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we just operating like that most of the time actually seems to work really well for us. Every now and again, when we get a bit bored, we might sort of hit lunchtime and decide, you know what, let's, let's just go down to the coffee shop yeah. or to this place or to that place and just go work from there. Um, we were part of a sort of membership, uh, like yes. member only club thing super lush but it was a bit far away for us um so it just started getting to a thing where you know waking up 45 minutes or so earlier every day to get there and then doing the same thing coming back we just sometimes ran out of time to be doing this so yeah most of the time we just do our own thing we want it we're trying to look for places uh we basically want to create a, a list of fun places that we can go to when we are feeling a bit like oh and you get yeah, out of my apartment that's a vibe. that's that's actually such a but, good idea i think yeah. we should be doing that too um mm. yeah it's almost like if you did create that lush place that i'd seen on your instagram uh co-working space is you almost then get yourself back into that same rut of working in an office that rush in the morning to get to the office and then that rush back home and yeah just having the flexibility of wherever space you want to be and work gives you that freedom to do your washing <laughs> <laughs> the good old washing so, so important, important. you gotta have some clean clothes mm, you got to. do you feel you're like more productive or i think you kind of actually answered this in the beginning about finding that you have a little bit of more mind space and better but in terms of productivity uh now that you've really nailed down mm. of i'm not just going to be working 24 hours do you find this re- remote work life has made you more or less? I, I I believe that it's made us very productive because I know that if I fit, like, I'm not going to leave work or, you know, close the, the laptop before I'm actually done with what I yeah. need to do. And so that whole, the feeling of when I finish this, I can go out, I can do what I need to do, whether that be take a nap, watch Netflix or go for a run, go for a drink. It, it's, it's totally, it's all down to us you know so we get to decide um how things go and sometimes we just go you know what this is not really working and then then we would rather stop take a break to go do things and come back like 
fresh and ready to go as opposed to just sitting there. I mean, I've sat in an agency many a night waiting for, for like people to leave before me because they've got the mentality of if you leave before me, you're not working hard enough. It doesn't matter that I've done my work. It doesn't matter that it's finished. If, if you are gone before the boss, it's the worst thing yeah. at all. I'm like, oh, I'm just faster than the boss today. I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe I should be the boss. Maybe the boss <laughs> needs to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now I am. Yay. That's the spirit. <laughs> and in terms of kind of packing up your life and all of your work tools and the things that you need, what would you say are the bare essentials that you need to get your job done from anywhere in the world? Oh, uh, well, that's very simple. I need my laptop, my charger so that the laptop continues to work and an internet connection. If you're getting really picky, you could also have a phone, but even that's not really entirely necessary these True. days. True. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's it. It fits in a backpack. I was going to say. Perfect. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Along with the old bikini and a spare set of underwear and off you go wherever you Amazing. <laughs> no need to pay for baggage. Mm-mm. What is the one piece of advice you would give someone wanting the freedom to work remotely? Just do it. Yeah. Like it. Um, yeah, no, I think that anyone, if you've got uh, the sort of self-control, if you will, to, to not be overseen. I mean, some people do yeah. like to have the pressure of, you know, being in an office and someone overseeing you all the time, then that's cool. But if you can motivate yourself, it's such an excellent way to be. It's just free and in control of your own time. I mean, obviously, none of us are always going to be in complete yeah. control, but to a much greater extent when you sort of exit the agency land and, and start doing your own thing. No, it's, it's that's great. really great. And what yeah. are the things that you think that you could take advantage of from working anywhere in the world? What is the best kind of things? I mean, for me personally, it's just being able to be where I want to be, when I want to be there. I mean, I'm sitting in my mother's house right now. I was going to say, Town, which house are you And at? I'm loving it. <laughs> no, currently in mama's house. Um, and it's fantastic. It's just so nice to know that I can be here for as long as I like. And then I will go back to Portugal when I want to go back to Portugal. And then I will go and I will take a little trip off to somewhere else. And I'll work during the day and then I'll have fun with my friends or going seeing new places or whatever in the evenings and on the weekends. So it just, it makes it, it makes it much more doable. Yeah. Do you sublet your place while mm. you've gone from Portugal? No, I don't. But I have actually, I mean, the first two months that I was uh, in Cape Town, I actually had some Brazilian friends staying there. And then I had other people that were maybe going to go stay there. But yeah, I, I don't, to sublet it means so much yeah. trouble and so much worrying about personal belongings and whatnot that I just couldn't. So I just, yeah, either someone's staying in there and then, the cleaner continues to come to make sure my poor plants oh. don't die because that's my, my greatest worry is my yeah, plants. When you're gone for months at a time, those plants aren't going to survive without some water. I mean, that is, that is dedication. Make sure the cleaner no goes. Way. That's good. At least you've got one person. I mean, I'm moving back to uh, house sitting a friend's house next month. Again, also just mm. to they stay in South Africa for three, been there for now three months, just extending and just to keep the plants alive, you know? As long as you've got people to keep your plants alive. Hey, man, for people who don't have like, you know, other halves and kids and pets, like that's it. Your plants are your be all and your end all. 
very devastating when they die. Like last time I came to Milan, I asked my neighbor to water the plants and I got back and they were all dead. And I was like, what, what happened? He was like, oh, I didn't realize you want me to go the whole time. I was like, oh my, how did you think they were going to water oh themselves? My oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so much dead plant matter. So much. <laughs> Massive plant funeral oh, no. was had that day. <laughs> You've got to have a funeral yeah. for plants, you know, because they are be on an end of. You got to. So how we like to wrap up every session uh, is a little bit of something we call a winsome and a dim sum. <laughs> Brittany? My winsome this week was that I had a house offer accepted. So... I'm like one step closer to buying a, a little apartment, which is really exciting. Woo! <laughs> Thank you so much. And I guess my dim sum is that uh, Harriet and I were working on quite an exciting campaign for quite a big brand in the UK. And it kind of got down to us and two or three other teams. And our idea just didn't make it to the final round to be taken to the client um, and put in front of them, which is fine because Harriet said, Harriet said something really insightful <laughs> about it though. It's the right idea, wrong client. Yes. It's a great idea, but it's the wrong client. for it. Ah, uh, there we go. Well, yeah, put it in the bottom drawer. Okay. Uh, so my... <laughs> My winsum and dinsums, uh, kind of together. Um, the winsum is, so we're both also on the property house hunt and my offer, I guess my offer got liked out of the four that were on the table from all other people. So I was like, cool, winning. I'm, I'm, I'm on the top. I've competed against four other people. And now they're like, oh, but can you go more? And then there's my dim sum of like, you still want to squeeze me for more money? Like, what? Do you get my hopes up? That's another boo. <laughs> so, Jen, roll. Win some, uh, dim some, or both. Okay. Well, I'm sure we can find both uh, if we try hard enough. Okay. Win some. We uh, took a flexi week this week. So that meant that, uh, you know, we did do kind of like half days of work this week. And that meant that I got to spend a lot of extra time that I wouldn't normally have during the week uh, with with loved ones. Um, you know, lunches, nice little lunches when it's all granny, oh. and just got to do those little those little bits and pieces that I often run out of time for during the week. I mean, don't normally go for nice lani lunches midweek. I love a lani lunch. Got to do that this week. Mm-hmm. So that was that, and. Dim sum. I don't think I've actually got a work dim sum. Um, it was just a very nice work week, quite frankly. But uh, dim sum, the wind is blowing. There we go. And everyone hates the wind. And that's why I can't open up the doors. And without the fan, it's so hot. But yeah, dim sum is wind. For anybody listening Boom. to this that is in any other country but Cape Town, <laughs> Cape Town is notorious at this time of year for a something called the Southeaster, which is a mother of all winds that blows everything away. It's a hell of a thing, but we Amazing. Well, Jen, it's been such a, such a bloody treat having you on the show, and thank you for all your insight. Um, how can we find you? I mean, social, LinkedIn, your website um, for your company, please share. Okay, well, the easiest way is probably just to go to lookmomnoagency.com. Love it. 
and you will find all links to everything else that's, uh, you know, all other places to find us. There's a little something there called, I think there's like a fax number, but don't worry, you can click it and it goes through to WhatsApp. I love it. It was just I an in-joke. <laughs> you will not find us on MySpace. Perfect. Or TikTok. <laughs> you haven't yet gone to the TikTok side. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't we do actually it. once applied for mm. a job at TikTok and made our portfolio on TikTok to try get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult man very very clever i like that about you to be super honest we actually <laughs> edited all the videos on premiere pro and just uploaded the finished videos i'm sure yes. we're millennials are too old for it <laughs> <laughs> i like that that is 100 percent what yeah. i would do too don't worry i mean when i say me i mean i'd get miguel there we go yeah you got to find the people that can do the stuff that you can't do well and then partner up and make a business and be sold <laughs> And make a business of it in Portugal and live in the sunshine and let them do their thing. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Oh, Jen, thanks so much. You are a treat. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show. Follow us on Instagram at That Freelance Life Podcast and drop us a DM if you've got any topics you'd like us to discuss or you got any questions. And if you'd like to hire us as a creative team, drop us a line, thatfreelancelifepodcast at gmail.com.